Right now, it's Barry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. In my early 20s, just after I graduated from Olivet College, I was invited to be in a life-on-life discipleship relationship. So what this looked like was I moved in with my mentor, Tim, and his, his bride, Gloria, and I was entrusted with a bunch of ministry leadership, high school, college ministry, worship leading, and I was in a band with Tim and Gloria and also my friends Greg and Vicky. And band practices, we practiced in the Parsonage basement. And anyway, band practices were often a clash because of me. It happened a lot. There are a lot of creative decisions you've, you've got to make as a band. Mm-hmm. And I often thought that my decisions, that my take was right many, many times. Not much has changed, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it created division, you know? And so Tim sat me down. He said, I'm thinking about ending your, your internship, your mentorship. Wow. And he said, I want you to go back to Sheboygan and I want you to search your heart and see what God says to you. And then when you come back, we'll, we'll talk about whether you can continue. So God did work in my heart and really showed me where I needed to change. And I was able to make a turn and, and change the dynamic. And so that was a really good spanking that I got from my, mm. one of my early mentors. Yeah. It changed my heart and my attitude. In my relationships, I keep on realizing that I have to check my ego at the door every day, right. twice on Sunday. <laughs> and so Galatians 5.15 says, If you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. Mm -hmm. This is what happens. Love builds, selfishness destroys. As Jesus' people, we're called to love, of course. Why? Because when we love, we cause each other to grow. We cause each other to flourish. And we build up God's family when we love each other. We're actually tearing down the work of God I'm actually tearing down the work of God when I'm selfish and when I'm prideful. And so, you know, even, even on this team, I have to think about how are my actions affecting the ministry, the wider ministry? I'm really aware of that. And so I've done some soul searching on this team many times, and I've had to make attitude shifts many times. And then, you know, when we love, We cause our world to want what we have, which brings about more people coming into God's family. So this this loving thing is really real life. It's not just a concept, but it's just it it is the way that we interact with one another. And whether we're builders or whether we're destroyers, God's whole purpose is at stake in the way we relate with one another. And this is all rooted in what God is like. C.S. Lewis says, in Christianity, God is not a static thing. He's not even one person, but God is this dynamic, pulsating activity, a life, almost a kind of drama, almost, if you will not think me irreverent, a kind of dance, a circle of glory, of love and delight between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. No one can say it like C.S. Lewis. Yeah, I know it. He's so gifted with his words, but that's it, right? 
How do I live out the life of the Trinity? Here's my question. How do I live out the life of the Trinity? Perry LaHaye, how does he do it when there's still such pride and selfishness inside of Perry LaHaye, inside of us? How do we do it? Surrender. I mean, I just don't know any other way. I give up. Right? (laughs) Surrender. Galatians 5.15 again. If you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. Maybe you've got a team that you're working with and the team is breaking apart. And there needs to be some humbling. There needs to be some washing of feet. The next verse, Galatians 5.16 says, it's the answer. Surrender is the answer. But even more, Galatians 5.16 So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, the it's all about me life. I don't know of any other way to live this out than by the power of the Holy Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit, to keep in step with the Spirit. So Lord, help us by the Holy Spirit. It's our only chance Mm -hmm. to cause each other to flourish, to live in harmony, to draw the world to you. So one of the practices, one of the ways that I get connected to God's word on the regular is the verse of the day through you version. I finally got it downloaded. Yay! Do you watch the video? Have you watched it? Yes. Okay, really good. Pretty short, you know, under five minutes for sure. Like more like two to three Mm -hmm. minutes of a reflection, a short devotional um, and it's a video, so kind of fun. But yesterday it was Justin Welby, the Archbishop of Canterbury, who shared Matthew 5, 9. So I'm going to just talk a little bit about this verse with you and get your insights and see what you think. Here it is. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And Justin Welby pointed out, you know, that this is a call to action for us, being There's a difference between being a peacekeeper and being a peacemaker. And I'm not sharing this with you intellectually. Like I know this from my own life. I spent the majority of my life being a a peacekeeper, like deeply committed to being a peacekeeper. Mm -hmm. And it is a lot of work. And apparently I was good at it because I got away with it for a really long time. But what peacekeeping does is it keeps what actually needs to happen from happening Mm -hmm. because you don't want to deal with conflict. Like peacekeepers will avoid conflict at all costs. And this is how I lived my life. Like I just want everything to be nice and everyone to get along and not for anything to be ruffled. And I kept a lot of unhealthy practices in play in my life by being so committed to being a peacekeeper. Because what you're doing is you're... what you're doing is falling on the grenade and that's damaging. Wow. That's good. That really is. I mean, being a peacekeeper is falling on the grenade. So yeah, it's, it's a kamikaze mission. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Honestly. So here's the difference between being a peacekeeper and being a peacemaker. A peacemaker is willing to engage in conflict for the sake of peace on a greater scale. Okay. So this just happened yesterday. Okay. I had a, I had an appointment with a cardiologist. It's been an appointment that's been set up for a long time. And I went up there. I was, I was recommended by 
a, a physician's assistant to go up and see this specialist. Yeah. And I went up there and I saw another physician's assistant. Mm-hmm. And she didn't really understand why I was there. And I was like realizing this isn't what I was looking for at all. Sure. They were sending me to a specialist to to look at some things with my heart, which is fine. But I just one point I said, you know, I don't mean to be rude. I was frustrated. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't mean to be rude, but why am I here? Mm-hmm. That's a fair question, I feel like. So was that peacemaking? Sort of, kind of, maybe? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I think it was more falls in the lines of peacemaking than it does peacekeeping because mm-hmm. peacekeeping would have looked like, and I know this answer because this is what I would have done, the old me, mm-hmm. right? Like 10 years ago, I would have just like gone through the whole appointment and driven home and been like, I don't even know why I just paid them $75 because that wasn't even the person that I wanted to see and blah, 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 blah. But I would have just like walked through the whole thing. I think that that's an example of peacemaking because you were willing to bring up the question. Yeah, and I I did a couple of times say you know I'm I'm frustrated I I don't know why I'm here but I also said you know there is a chance that I miss something it could be on me mm-hmm. you know and she said no I don't think so so you know you come out of a conversation like that a interaction like that and you feel like huh, did I do that right yeah but I think to calmly share how you're feeling probably is okay. Yeah. And Jesus always led with love. So if we're leading with love, I think we're, I think that's a good place to start to keep ourselves in check. But for me, what changed things for me was that God actually just revealed to me that my passivity, my peacekeeping was sin. Falling on the grenade is sin. Yes. He said, it is time for you to stop being passive and to begin speaking what you are seeing and what you're experiencing and throwing grenades totally yeah (laughs) (laughs) it was totally different for me and it's it's but it's not well okay throwing grenades for the sake of freedom i mean we could get into a whole conversation on that right on war and peace but making peace does require some kind of action on our part yeah and jesus modeled this really well he's the ultimate peacemaker and we can see if we look at Jesus's life that there are habits that he had in his life that transformed conflict into peace, like the way that he was present. You and I can be present with people the way that Jesus was present with people in the midst of conflict instead of trying to eek. Like I, I, this is more than I, I can remember a conversation I had with somebody where I was just, I was dying something that I'd never thought would happen in my life happened in my life. And I needed to share it with somebody. And I shared it with a friend, a friend who was much younger than me. And she was like, yeah, that stinks. (laughs) Anyway, I went to get some clothes out of the washing machine and I was like, Oh my gosh, I just like put my heart out there. And it was more than what she could handle. Mm -hmm. She just, she just couldn't handle it. (laughs) You gotta be wise. Yeah. But to be able to be present with people in their conflict and not want to like abort, (laughs) jump ship and talk about your laundry. Um, to be among people. Jesus came. He's Emmanuel. He came to be with us, to be among us in the midst of it, present and among. And he always was seeking peace. I mean, Jesus came and while he was here and as he walked, earth looked more like heaven. That's what should happen as you and I are walking around today. Earth should look more like heaven because of the way that we're engaging with people. 
We are the children of God. We're children of God because we love what God loves. And we reconcile because we have been reconciled to God through Jesus. Mm-hmm. So here it is. We're God's children. We should look like a chip off the old block. We should look a whole lot like dad. We're to resemble our heavenly father in the way that we bring peace to the world. Well, this past Saturday, Teresa, my bride, asked me to help her take care of the patio furniture. Kind of sad this time of year. I know. Pack up the summer stuff and... She asked me to trim back some flowers, and I just had a bad attitude. And I, I thought about it. Why do I have a bad attitude? I don't want to do this. <laughs> I'm being selfish. What did you want to be doing instead? I just had other things I wanted to do. <laughs> so I was just being selfish. And so I apologized to God, and I apologized to Teresa. And I said, thanks for bearing with me. And she was just so gracious. I don't know about you, but what makes it hard for me to get along with others is myself. Romans 15, 5 through 7 shows us the way forward. May God who gives patience, endurance, and encouragement help you to live in complete harmony with each other, each with the attitude of Christ toward the other. And then all of us can praise the Lord together with one voice, giving glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. And so, how can we get along with each other? It comes in verse 5, first of all. God gives patience, endurance, and encouragement. So, God, it's humbling myself and saying, Lord, give me patience in my relationships. I'm so impatient. Lord, give me endurance. Help me not to tap out when things get hard in a friendship. Yeah. And to lean toward conflict resolution. Right. To have those conversations that need to be had so that you can continue to grow in the relationship and not lose what's been built. Mm-hmm. And God, give me encouragement. Lord, encourage my heart so that I can pass on that encouragement. Don't just encourage me for me. I need encouragement, but Lord, help me then to pass it on to others. And so this is one way, I think, from this passage that I can learn to get along better with people. And then the second part is in verse 7. Accept one another. This is Romans 15. Accept one another just as Christ accepted you. And man, to think about how Jesus has accepted me as I am, not as I should be. And then to translate to how I treat others, to be able to treat others the way Jesus treats me. And and so the, the gospel has to go into my heart. Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. you know, push the love of Christ deeper into my heart so that I can accept people the way you accept me. It's kind of, it re- reminds me of the, the parable of the unmerciful servant. You know, he, he's forgiven this massive debt, yeah. and then he goes out and he sees somebody who owes him a little bit and just demands that he pay him the little bit. And so I don't want to be like that in my relationships. I want to, you know, forgive and love in the way that I've been loved. And so how does that translate? How can I make that happen? How can I make that leap? Mm -hmm. I'm wondering. I think that a lot of times we try to change our behavior and then we get frustrated because we're like, man, I'm trying to be more kind. (laughs) I'm trying to be, you know, I'm trying to have a better attitude. But it's just really surface level. And so, I mean, 
Romans 12, 1 and 2, right? Like, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I think the renew, we're made new, we're made different, we're changed when we change the way that we think. And we change the way that we think to match what God says by being in God's word. Yeah, and when we're in God's word, and for example, I'm, I'm not just reading quickly through, accept one another as Christ has accepted you to just stop there and say, Lord, let me think about how you've accepted me and then and make that alive to me. And then, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit, you know, through prayer. God, give me the strength. Give me the grace to be like this with others. Mm-hmm. So it's not just behavior modification. So what will happen if our world could see us praising the Lord together with one voice, giving glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ? I believe that if the world can see this in us, that they'll take notice and they'll want what we have. And that'll add to God's forever family. I have... Do you know how many friends I have? Lots. I have 823 friends. I keep track of them all. No, I don't. Actually, I just hopped on Facebook yesterday and checked to see how many Facebook friends I had. 823 as of yesterday. That's a lot of people. That's impressive. It's a very loose interpretation of the word friend. Acquaintances. <laughs> yeah, acquaintances. Followers, people I connect with via social. Yeah. But listen to this. Here's a, a different definition of friendship that just goes way deeper, and it's from the Bible. It's for Samuel 18, verse 1. As soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. That's another level of friendship right there. That's like legit friendship. Of course, they're talking about David and Jonathan in the Bible. And if you aren't familiar with these two, they had just a very unique, strong friendship, a super, super deep bond between them. And Jonathan just loved David. He believed in him and he he was always seeking God's best for David, really did put his friend, his buddy before himself and was loyal to him to the end. Jonathan's friendship was what David needed to grow into the king that he actually became with time. You have people in your life like this who've who've just walked with you through life, who've just been loyal through many years? Do you? I do. Yeah, absolutely. Joe. Joe's my good bud. Of course, my bride, Teresa. My son, Taylor, has become in my closest circle. Mm, yeah. Just, just a very wise young man at 28. He's got an old soul. So there's, you know, there's three, four. Your really, really close friends don't have to be many. Probably not going to be 823 of them. No, no. I think that, that it's usually a, a small circle of, I would say, foxhole buddies. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. Like there's just a, a handful of folks that you've really let in and been vulnerable with and they know you really, really well and, and you know them really, really well and you've seen each other through kind of some ugly stuff. I think that's almost kind of part of the prerequisite for this type of relationship, this type of deep bond is that you've gone through some life together. I, I've got people in my life, I literally would not be who I am today if it were not for them. I wouldn't be the wife that I am today if it wasn't for Linda. I wouldn't be the mom I am today if it wasn't for Linda, <laughs> for my sisters. I've got, you know, Don, Kelly, Jody. I was kind of like born with three built-in 
mentors and friends, right? Because I got three big sisters. But yeah, I wouldn't be, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now, doing Moody Radio, being on Perry and Shauna Mornings, if it wasn't for a friend that believed in me and, and pointed me in the right direction, said, you can do that. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I could ever in a million years. Here we are, right? So, and and the friends that I'm closest to are the ones, these like foxhole buddies, as you call them, Perry, are the ones that keep pointing me back to Jesus over and over again. They'll call me out on my stuff. Having your soul knitted to together to another person, it's not for the faint of heart. It means that you just bear your own hurts along with bearing the hurts of the people that you're connected to, the friend that you're in a bond with. You cry when when they cry, you laugh when they laugh, and you actually feel this ache in your heart when they are no longer a part of your life. It's a painful thing, but it is so worth it because they make everything in life better. They push you to become better, to become more than you could be without them. And they come alongside you when you feel like, I don't know, you feel like you're just going to crush under the weight of the circumstances of life. And they say, "Mm -mm -mm -mm. not today, my friend, not on my time. They'll stand in front of you when you need somebody to stand in front of you and say, no, that's not who you are. I'm not going to let you go there. Is there an experience you're thinking of when you talk about that part of friendship? The no, I'm not going to let you go there? Yeah. I think probably around, well, around turtling. You've done this for me, Perry. In times when I felt like I want to turtle and I just want to be safe and I just want to curl up and... Withdraw. and, And withdraw, you know, and that's not... That's the tomb. That's the, that's, you know, where dead people live. Right. And God is saying, come on out of that and be brave. You've encouraged me to step out of that. So yeah, I definitely have example. That's one example of that. That good. Yeah. That'll fly. It will. Okay. (laughs) But we were meant for this kind of meaningful connection with one another. If you long for this kind of friend and you feel like, man, I don't have that in my life right now. Be that kind of friend. Who can you reach out to today? Start it. Be the one who takes initiative and, I don't know, just invite somebody over for coffee or to go have dinner together or something. Somebody's listening right now and and they're thinking, I've never had a friend like that. I don't even know where to start. I'm afraid of that. I don't even want to go there because it's just too scary. What can you say to them? You're safe. You're loved. God's got you. Everything that you need, everything that you long for, he provides and he intends for you to live in community with other people. You know, he's your best friend forever and for always, but he also wants you to be in relationship with other people. So I know it's scary, but I would say make a phone call, make an invitation, put yourself out there. Pray about it. Say, God, who's a, who's a trustworthy person that I can reach out to and then be willing to take steps of vulnerability, but take a step at a time. It takes time to build trust. It does, but step, but you got to step into it. You can't just think about it. You can't just wish and, you know, have it be out there somewhere. You got to take some action, got to lean into it. So that would be my encouragement today would be to lean into it. Proverbs 27, nine tells us that just as lotions and fragrance give sensual delight, a sweet friendship refreshes the soul. It's so worth it. Thanks so much for listening. Questions or comments? Text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.